Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most. I hope you love the most, Niall Hessen. Back with another episode here on The Truth. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we are continuing with our super wild wild card weekend round games. If you guys missed yesterday's show, I hope you guys go back and listen to it because I was 100% right. But today we're going to be covering the Sunday slate of games. There are three games here on Sunday. We're going to cover them all and it's going to be fun and super exciting to go over each and every one of these matchups as well as go over the Monday one and tomorrow's show. So stay on the loot for that. But let's take a look at these teams here as far as gameplay overall. You know, I'm going to go into each team, give them a brief season breakdown, and then go into my matchup breakdown, which will be relatively quick. If you'd like to see my full playoff prediction as far as my bracket's concerned, go ahead and take a look at that last show as well, the very last minute. Um, I did go over that. I forgot to put that in, so I did add that clip there. And I did record that the same day. I recorded all of these uh, shows, which is Thursday night, late Thursday night. So I wanted you guys to go ahead and take a look at that. But without further ado, let's hop into our first matchup, kicking things off in the AFC. We got the two-seed Buffalo Bills hosting the 9-8 and eight Miami Dolphins. What an interesting season for the Dolphins thus far. They're 1-4 in their last five, so that four-game losing streak before beating the Jets 11-6 in an absolute dandy. Started off the year hot. You know, they won three in a row. They beat the Bills 21-19. A lot of people were expecting them to, you know, take the Bills' crown as far as AFC's champions. And then they went on a three-game losing spam. They did miss Tua Tagovailoa, though, so they were like 3-0 with Tua. Then they went 3-3. Three three. They went on a four-game, five-game winning streak. And then went on a four-game losing streak and won the game uh, against the Jets 11-6. to So it's been an up-and-down year for Dolphins fans nonetheless. I think a lot of Dolphins fans can agree. Um, you'd obviously like a bit more smooth sailing of a season. But hey, you're in the postseason at this rate. That's all that matters. And you're also going up against a division rival, which is also going to be fun. Going at their player stats this season, Tua Tagovailoa passing 64.8% completion percentage, 3,548 yards, 25 touchdowns, and 8 interceptions on the season. He also dealt with a couple of concussions, which did put him in the wrong foot um, as far as overall success, I guess you could say. Uh, maybe those concussions in the past did haunt him. Not haunt him, that's a bad word, but it didn't really put him in the right direction in that aspect. Tyreek Hill, as expected, led the team in receiving yards, um, receptions, and didn't lead the team in touchdowns. 119 receptions, 1,710 yards, and 7 touchdowns. Jalen Waddle, 75 receptions, 1,356 yards, and 8 touchdowns. Receiving. Rushing, Raheem Mostert, 181 attempts, 891 yards, 3 touchdowns. Jeff Wilson also had 3 touchdowns as well. Defensively, Jerome Baker finished 2nd in tackles with 66. Javon Holland, the safety, led the team at 76, but the tackles spread out were really good. Um, they were spread out very efficiently. Holland also had 2 forced fumbles. Eric Rowe, uh, Zeiler, and Wilkins, 2 forced fumbles as well. I meant to say Holland had 2 interceptions on the year. It was a great season for Miami, relatively. I think Miami was expecting to do better, but Tua's been out. Tua's going to be out for this match against the Bills, too. So it's kind of been a difficult season and a difficult situation for Miami. But they've done the most that they can, and now they position themselves with a seventh seed here in the AFC. The Buffalo Bills had a great season, season this season, as was expected, finishing off with the two seed. They also finished the season with a 13-3 and record. They didn't get to play that other game due to Tamar Hamlin's cardiac arrest, but they still are very content on the season, finishing at the number two spot and getting to face a very depleted, quote-unquote, Miami Dolphins team. 
The Bills this season finished 13-3. Their three losses this season were to Miami. Um, that was their first loss. They lost to the Jets, and they lost to the Vikings. And other than that, they have won every game possible that they could. On a seven-game winning streak, we're also playing the Bengals. Potentially could continue that to an eight-game streak, but that obviously wasn't the case um, as the season eventually did went on. But they're on a seven-game winning streak. I think there was a lot of questions with the Bills when they faced the Jets and the Vikings because they did lose to two teams that they should have beat. Uh, but since then, they've really turned the page and have really progressed, beating some teams like the Patriots on the road. Jets, Dolphins, three AFC matchups right there, and then also the Patriots again in the final week of the season. Offensively, my front runner to win MVP. I did say that early on in the sh uh, season as well, that Josh Allen was my favorite to win MVP. He had a 63.3 completion percentage, 4,283 yards, 35 touchdowns, and 14 interceptions on the year. Receiving, I think we can give this award to, once again, Stephon Diggs. 108 receptions, 1,429 yards, and 11 receiving touchdowns. Gabe Davis, I hope he dies in hell. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Gabe Davis really screwed me in fantasy this season. 48 receptions, 836 yards, and 7 touchdowns. Dustin Knox also had 6 receiving touchdowns. Singletary was their lead back, but Josh Allen was not too far behind him. Singletary, 177, 819, and 5 touchdowns. Allen, 124, 762, and 7 touchdowns. Matt Milano, 72 tackles to lead the team. Taron Johnson, 67 tackles, so not so far behind, but tackles are definitely spread out throughout the Bills' defense. Jordan Poyer, four interceptions. Matt Milano, three. And Elam had two um, on the defensive side. Four fumbles. A.J. Epinesa, the former Iowa Hawkeye, two forced fumbles on the season. DeMar Hamlin also did have a uh, forced fumble as well. So good season for those guys there. But the Bills, man, they played great this season. Taking a look at their stats, both offensive and defensive. I forgot to do this about the Dolphins. I'm going to go ahead and do that after this. Offense was obviously great. Defense was great too, but second in total yards per game, seventh in passing yards and rushing yards, which is actually insane to think about they were seventh in rushing yards, second in points, and third down percentage, they were first, which is a very underrated stat on the offensive side. Defensively, we're seventh in total yards, 15th in passing yards, fifth in rushing yards, second in points, and seventh in third down percentage. The Dolphins, as far as the team stat statistically speaking, 6th in total yards, 4th in passing yards, 25th in rushing yards, 11th in points, 24th in third down percentage. Defensively, total yards, 18th, 27th for the passing yards, 4th in rushing yards defensively, 24th in points, and third down percentage, 24th. So you take a look at this matchup and your, I guess, keys to success for both sides. For the Dolphins, they got to figure out a way to stop the Bills' offense because the Dolphins are really good at stopping the run, but the Bills don't really try to run the football, and if they run, it's Josh Allen running most of the time. Although I do think that the Bills will try to kind of more have more of an attack running the football and try to find success that way. You still never really know with the Buffalo Bills. They're going to pass the ball, and that's where Miami lacks defensively, and I think that's going to be a huge disadvantage for them as far as this game is concerned. I think the Bills are going to win this game pretty mightily. The Bills... The Dolphins quarterbacks are banged up. You know, Skylar Thompson's not a bad quarterback, but in his first playoff postseason start, is he going to come away with a victory? I don't believe so. I think the Bills win this game pretty easily. The next matchup we have here on Sunday is featuring my favorite team, the Minnesota Vikings, playing host of the New York Giants. 
The Vikings are 13 and 4. The Giants are 9, 7, and 1 on the season. The Giants are back in the postseason. To start the season, they started 7 and 2, and then they kind of faltered midway through the season, losing to the Lions, the Cowboys, tying the Commanders, and losing to the Eagles. A lot of people thought that the Giants' season was over. They did beat the Colts to clinch a playoff spot before losing to the Eagles, which was a hard fought loss with their backups playing on the road in Week 18. Giants go into the season with a playoff resume once again. Daniel Jones, 472 attempts, 317 completions for a 67.2% completion percentage, 3,205 yards, only 15 passing touchdowns, and 5 interceptions. A healthy Saquon is great. He also, a healthy Saquon also leads the team, or ties leads the team in receptions at 57. 338 yards and zero receiving touchdowns, which is actually interesting to think about Saquon not having that many receiving touchdowns this year. Richie James, 57 receptions, 569, four touchdowns. Darius Slayton, 46 for 724 and two receiving touchdowns. Barkley had a great year running the football, just shy of 300 attempts at 295, 1,312 yards and 12 rushing touchdowns. Jordan Love had 74 tackles on the season, which was huge for him. Dexter Lawrence did have 7.5 sacks on the defensive side, as well as on the interception side. Belton had two interceptions. Jordan Love had two. Leo Collins had one, and Radarius Williams had one there. And Forrest Fumbles, that belongs to Aziz Ajourle. Uh He was playing in Week 17, but did not play in Week 18. Three forced fumbles there. Kayvon Thibodeau, the rookie, two forced fumbles for him. And a great season for the New York Giants. Team-wise, they were 18th in total yards, 26th in passing yards, 4th in rushing yards, 15th in points, 22% or 22nd with a 36.8 third down percentage. You expect that with the New York Giants because they build their team around running the football and having success running it compared to passing it or you know other various outlets that are options uh, for them. So they do run the ball very efficiently, and that's one of the reasons why they had success and are currently in the postseason this year. Defensively, it wasn't the greatest season. They were 26th in total yards, 14th in passing, 27th in rushing yards, 17th in points, and 5th in third down percentage. You got to be pleased if you're a Giants fan. They had a great season this season, and they're really expecting to come back next year better than ever and you know make their runs now um, at the postseason for years to come. The Vikings on the flip side are sitting with a 13-4 and record, and besides their one loss, I guess you could say, to the Lions, they got killed in every other loss they had. Got killed to the Packers on the road, got killed against the Cowboys 4-3 at home, got killed at Philadelphia 24-7. So there has been a really good stretch for the Vikings, but a lot of people have wondered if it's really fake in a way, if it doesn't actually show that they're good, but... As a Vikings fan, I know that they're good, so I'm going to keep pushing for them um, throughout the playoffs thick and thin. Four player stats as far as individuals are concerned. Kirk Cousins, 65.9% completion percentage, 4,547 yards, 29 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. Actually a bit of a down year for him. Jay Jettas, 128, 1,809 reception yards and 8 touchdowns. Adam Thielen, 70 catches, 716 and 6. Hawkinson, 60 for 519 and 3 touchdowns. Dalvin Cook, 264 attempts, 1,173 yards, 8 rushing touchdowns. Eric Kendricks, 88 tackles. Jordan Hicks, 86. Smith, 66. On the interception side, Pat Pete and Harrison Smith both had 10 interceptions. Zadarius Smith had 2 forced fumbles. 
And overall, it was a great season for the Minnesota Vikings. A lot of people were maybe counting the uh, Vikings out this season, winning the NFC North division. They ended up doing that and played very efficiently. Team stat-wise, they were 5th in total yards, 6th in passing yards, 27th in rushing yards, 8th in points, and 12th in third down percentage. Defensively, they sucked. 31st in total yards, 31st in passing yards, 20th in rushing yards, 28th in points, and third down percentage, 38.1. I believe the Vikings were 11-0 this season in one-score games, which is not, it's good, but that's very concerning for Vikings fans like me as far as health, um, you know, going into um, the playoffs and, and hoping to not have a heart attack or anything like that. Uh, they do get killed, though, when they don't play good. So maybe that's something if they play good, they're likely to win. And uh, that's going to hopefully be the case against the Giants. The Vikings are also prone to choking. So this would be a perfect opportunity for the Vikings to choke and just not have a good season this year. And I think that's what some Vikings fans like myself are a little bit scared of. But it should be a good matchup for them. They just can't take the Giants too lightly. I'm expecting this game to be a close game, but I'm expecting that the Vikings do pull away with a victory and move on to the divisional round. Our final matchup of the day takes us to Cincinnati, where the Cincinnati Bengals will play host of the Baltimore Ravens. The Bengals this season had a great season as far as where they were in last season's AFC champions, 12-4 and on the year. For the Ravens, 10-7, and they've been dealing with some stuff on the offensive side, a.k.a. Lamar Jackson being out for a majority of the season. Well, not the majority of the season. The majority of the time that they really needed him and counted on him you know, uh, as the season progressed. But this is actually a fairly good matchup. It's a perfect Sunday night football matchup. I'm really excited to watch this one. Although the Ravens will most likely be starting Anthony Brown, who didn't look great in his first start uh, with the Baltimore Ravens, you are expecting this one to be a good close affair in AFC North absolute battle. For the Bengals this season, 12-4 record. They played great. Great season for them. They're on an eight-game winning streak. They're really hot. That's kind of why the Bengals-Bills matchup was a really anticipated game because both teams were riding really great win streaks. They haven't lost since they lost to the Browns when they lost at uh, Cleveland 32-13. Lost to the Ravens by two, Cowboys by three, and Steelers by three. So they have a chance to potentially be like 14-2 and two this season if uh, a couple of those close games went their way. But they played great this season, had a great time on both sides of the ball, and especially on the offensive side. They're a great offensive, prolific team, and they showed that this season by the way that they played um, and really did a good job of, of doing that. So that was a good game for them nonetheless. Taking a look at some player stats like Joe Shiesty, Joe Burrow, uh, 68.3% completion percentage, 4,475 yards, 35 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. Jamar Chase, 87 receptions, 1,046 yards, 9 touchdowns. T. Higgins, 74 receptions, 1,029 yards, 7 touchdowns. Rushing, Joe Mixon, 814 yards on a 3.9 average for 7 touchdowns. I believe he had, what, 4 of those, 5 of those in one game? Insane there. Logan Wilson led the team with 83 tackles. Jesse Bates, 4 interceptions. Von Bell, 4 interceptions as well. So their safeties play a big part uh, in the Bengals' success on the defensive side and taking away the ball. Trey Hendrickson, 3 forced fumbles. Von Bell, 2. And Evan McPherson, 24 for 29 on field goals this season. Like I said, it was a great season for the uh, Buffalo Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals, statistically, as far as the team, they fared really well um, overall, which is what you would expect for the Bengals, especially on the offensive side. 7th in total yards, 5th in passing yards, 29th in rushing yards, 7th in points, and 3rd in 3rd down percentage. Defensively, 12th 
excuse me, in total yards, uh, 345.9, 23rd in passing yards, 7th in rushing yards, 5th in points, and 20th on third down percentage. Bengals played great. The Ravens, for that matter, had a 10-7 and season on a two-game losing streak, but again, have been dealing with some stuff. Their offenses looked really bad this season, especially without Lamar Jackson. Started off the year pretty solid, you know, 2-3 and three, uh, to start before losing to the Bills, Giants, Jaguars by 1, Browns by 10, and most recently, the Steelers and the Bengals. They get a rematch with the Bengals, though, so they get back-to-back weeks. Going against the Bengals here, taking a look at some player stats, let's just take a look at Lamar, who went 62.3% completion percentage, 2,243 yards, 17 touchdowns, and 7 picks. Mark Andrews, 73 receptions, 847 yards, and 5 touchdowns. You obviously expect him to have a big year receiving. Rushing was all over the place. Lamar Jackson had 112 attempts. Kenyon Drake had 109. J.K. Dobbins had 92. And Gus Edwards had 87. Lamar Jackson, 764 yards, 482 for Drake, 520 for Dobbins, and 433 for Edwards. Lamar had three touchdowns. The other three running backs I mentioned had nine total touchdowns. Defensively, Patrick Queen, 79 tackles. Chuck Clark, 61 tackles. Good uh, season for those two that are there. Interceptions, Marcus Williams is the one to give the trophy to with four. Marlon Humphrey also had three. Clayus Campbell, Marcus Peters had two forced fumbles. And Justin Tucker, 37 for 43 kicking. Offensively, 21st in total yards, 28th in passing yards, 2nd in rushing yards, 19th in points, and 11th in third down percentage. Defensively, 8th in total yards, 26th in passing yards, 3rd in rushing yards, 3rd in points, and 4th in third down percentage. That's kind of what you expect with a Lamar Jackson team in of itself. Um, just the way that the Ravens play, they play really great defense and really bad offense. They basically scrape and craw and uh, try to hope to win. And I do think they're going to put up a good fight. I do think, though, that the Bengals are going to win. They're going to overpower. Kind of a similar situation with the Ravens and the Dolphins, the fact that they're basically on their third-string quarterback, going up against two prolific offenses. And although Baltimore is going to put up a good defensive fight, I think their defense is going to be playing great against the Bengals. I do think that the Bengals do come away with a victory and move on to the next round. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Truth. I hope you guys did enjoy it. If you guys did, make sure you follow The Truth on Twitter at The Truth as one to stay up to date with the latest information regarding The Truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information of value you do not want to miss. Until next time, I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hassan, signing out. Take care and good night. Peace.